another reason that Jesus is better than Jonah. Key point number two, Jonah became a curse to others. Jesus is a blessing to others. Jonah, he, was the, he, he, he became a curse. He was a curse to those around him. Jesus is a blessing to others. Let's pick up verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the man were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? I want us to pause there. I want you to notice a few things. God called the people of Israel to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. That's, that's not just themselves, to be a blessing to others. But at, in, at any time, we see the people of God out of the will of God, they, they brought trouble instead of blessing. Every single time. They didn't, they didn't bring blessing to other people. They brought curses with them. In fact, on two occasions, we see Abraham brought trouble unto the people because he lied. Achan uh, brought trouble to an army of Israel because he robbed God. Uh, this is where we get the phrase, there's sin in the camp. Listen, it means that the disobedience of one person can actually cause trouble for everyone. The, the sin of just one can actually have an impact and bring, bring challenges to everybody. And that's the case with Jonah. Jonah's disobedience has now become a curse to everyone who was on the ship with him. It wasn't just affecting Jonah. It was everybody. And the Bible makes it clear that as Christians, we live in community with one another, as the body of Christ, the church. When one part of that body doesn't function as it should, what does it do? It, imp it impacts the entire body. I was thinking of this recently. If, if, you have, if you've read the book, uh, Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie, or seen the movie, I will say this, um, the, the book's old. So no spoiler alerts here. You've had plenty of opportunity to read it, uh, right? I mean, it's an older book. But let me say this, and it's a fantastic movie as well, Murder on the Orient Express. Here's what I've noticed. If, if, you watch, if you watch the movie, read the book. You see an illustration of how the sinful behavior of one person is far-reaching. What you see in that, in that movie and what you see in that book is the act of sin leaves a trail of victims. Ton of them. 
we see that principle throughout Scripture. I want you to notice the difference between verse 1 and verse 4. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, right? And then look at verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Did you catch that? The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah was disobedient. The word of the Lord came to the sea, and the sea did what? We're a storm now. We're going to do it, right? In other words, the sea uh, obeyed immediately. God said, this is what's going to happen. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Listen, when God has already spoken to us once, this is so important, and then we ignore him in disobedience, don't expect the voice of God again. Don't expect him to come along later and say, hey, remember I told you to do this? Listen, we do this all the time as parents, right? We, or, we, do, we do just the opposite. You know, as grow, Carson growing up, hey, Carson, take out the trash. Ten minutes later, hey, did you take out the trash? No, I'll get it in a minute. Hey, Carson, I need you to take out the trash. I'll, I'll get to it. I promise I'll get to it. And, and what will we do? We'll say it over and over and over and over until it finally gets done. Listen, God is under no obligation after he has told you one time to ever tell you again. All he has to do is tell you once. And he, has not, he is not obligated no matter what, no matter, no matter what your response. If you respond as Jonah did and you respond in disobedience, don't expect God to come back and say, Hey, uh, Jonah, what, what are you doing down in the ship? I thought I told you to go over here. Why don't, you come, why don't you get back on another ship and head back the other direction? No, God had already told him once. That was enough. That was it. It settled. Jonah was being disobedient. The next action we see from God is what? The storm. We cannot think that God is obligated in any way to come back again and again and again and to try and woo us into following him. He has already called us. He has already given us the instruction to follow him. And he is under no obligation to say it again and again and again. But sometimes he does. And that's the grace of God. Sometimes the grace of God is so patient that he comes and says, listen, you're being disobedient. Let's do this. And he and he says it again and again and again. But understand this, he's under no obligation to do it. If he does so, it's of his own choosing. You may be disobedient, but the wind still obeys God's every command. You may be disobedient, but the sea does not hesitate to respond to his voice. You may be disobedient, but the great fish heeds the word of God. I want you to get this. Even the pagans that were on that ship rebuked Jonah for not calling upon his God. These are not, these are not Israelites. These are not followers of God, the one true living God. These are pagan mariners running a ship between pagan cities. And what did they do? They called out Jonah for not even calling upon his God. They say, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us. Think about that. We're Gentiles. Maybe your God would, would consider 
even though we're not Hebrew, even though we're not Israelites, maybe he would consider us so that we may not perish. Hmm. You think that they had a better understanding of the gospel, the gospel, and that the God of the people of Israel really does care about not just Israel, but the whole world, and wants them all to be saved? Listen, it appears to me that the only one disobedient to the word of God is the one identified as his servant. Listen how Jonah describes himself to the mariners. I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. By the way, that word Lord there, that is, that's the personal name of that's Yahweh. I fear Yahweh, the one true living God. The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Listen, if I'm one of the mariners, here's what I'm thinking. Let me get this straight. <laughs> You're telling me that your God is the God who created the sea that is raging right now? You just said that you, that's your God? The one who created the sea? That's, that, that's your God. Your God is the one who created the wind in the heavens that's tearing this boat apart? Your, that's your God? Why have you brought this curse upon us? That's what they want to know. Why have you done this? Your walk with God is either going to be what? It's either going to be a blessing to others or it's going to be a curse to others. You can be a blessing to those around you or you can be a curse to those around you. Your obedience to God has an impact on those around you either positively or negatively. I want to be a blessing. That's my desire. That's one of my greatest desires is to be a blessing to others. I want to be a blessing to you, to others, to people that I encounter. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to see God pour out his blessing in your life? Do you desire for God to pour out his blessing in your life? Then there's other questions we need to ask. Is there an area in your life where God has already given you a very clear word and you haven't listened to him yet? Has he already given you some type of instruction and you haven't listened? You haven't taken, you haven't taken him yet at his word. Perhaps it's something about your work, your attitude, your finances, your marriage, your addictions. Maybe it's just simply salvation itself. Where has God already given you clear instruction, but you've been turning and running in the other direction? It's not just hurting you. Your disobedience can become a curse to those around you. So again, we're not called to be Jonah, are we? We've been called to be like Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Jesus is better.